SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Even if you said we're not going to re-sign Ben Attendee, we can't afford to re-sign him next year. So you hold on to him. Let him have a good year and then you trade him, you know, in the middle of the season to a contender who's willing to actually give you something versus the stiffs we got yesterday. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio, right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Valentine's Day, Sunday, February 14th. Here's truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. You want to email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well, perhaps right here again on a Sunday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to uh, all of those out there. My daughter's birthday, by the way, as well. Happy birthday, Caitlin, uh, who turns 19 today. How about that? Wow. 19. I got a 20 and a 19-year-old. Who would have thunk it? Good-looking guy like me, only in his 30s. A lot to get to today. We have some uh, auto racing, believe it or not, later on today. We got NBA. We got some hockey stuff. We got some college basketball news. We got some football news. Got some crazy things. Nothing but left turns. Questions about the left. Jazz do it again. Uh, One good turn deserves another. Um, misplaced that, should put that after the turns, right? NBA tells LeBron to stop acting like a baby. Can Oklahoma basketball do what Oklahoma football can't? Sight unseen on the golf course. Nobody's beating this team in the East. Wizardry is stupidity in the NBA. Two for the price of one in Philadelphia. Uh, who's doing the calculating in Jacksonville? Betters rejoice. Cross your fingers on this happening. And I'm calling you out on this BS. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets. Right here on this Sunday, February 14th. Yeah, you wouldn't think there'd be that much stuff going on, but believe it or not, there actually is last night. You know, generally don't lead off with the Utah Jazz, but, you know, you, you got to tip your cap to this team. I, I mean, it is freaking amazing. They won again last night. They won by double digits last night. They beat Miami 112-94. They started the second half on a 16-0 run. It took Miami over six minutes, nearly seven minutes to score. In an NBA game in which teams, you know, can score 100 points blindfolded, it took them seven minutes or so to score their first points in the second half as they get blown out. And Utah wins again in 112-94. They are now 18-1 and straight up. And more importantly, and really more impressively anyway, 17-1-1 against the spread. Maybe 18-1, depending on where and when you did your shopping on that one push. Uh, but we'll go with 17-1-1. One one. 
That is just amazing. You know, it, it is really remarkable. And they continue to get no respect with the boys in Vegas or FanDuel. You can still grab them at double-digit odds. You know, we brought this up on Friday. I don't know what Utah has to do as we welcome in our full audience here on a uh, Sunday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in as we do every Sunday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. Monday through Friday, by the way, 5 to 7. A little bit earlier on uh, uh, Monday through Friday to shows. Uh, but I, I don't know what Utah can do, if anything. I mean, literally, you, know, I mean, you, you can throw a scenario out there. If they won every single game, which obviously they're not going to do, but just, just be goofy here. It's a Sunday. If they won every single game, including wins over the Lakers, they got to play the Lakers three times second half of the season. You know, it, would that be enough to say, okay, they're the best team in the NBA, and they're going to win a, the NBA championship? Or even with that, would you still say, well, you know, let me see them beat the Lakers. You know, uh, four out of seven times. Or let me let me see them beat the uh, the LA Clippers four out of seven times. I don't forget about the Lakers, the champs. I don't even know if people think they can beat the LA Clippers, and and they're more than likely the way it's looking right now. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, them being the number one seed is not really helping their cause any. In a lot of ways, uh, you know, they'd be better off being the number five seed, uh, to tell you the truth, because they're going to have to go through both the Lakers and the Clippers, the way it appears anyway. Maybe not. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Clips and the Lakers. You know, ideally, you'd like to be, if you're a Utah fan, you finish one, you face the four seed, and then the Clippers and Lakers finish two and three. They got to face each other in the Western Conference Finals, and then you, you know, you face the winner, whoever emerges out of that. But, you know, the way it's setting up, perhaps. Uh, that that might not be the case. You know, that they may have to face both those guys. So, um, interesting scenario uh, going on in the NBA with the Utah Jazz. 17-1-1, one one, though. I mean, it just, it's even last night, I've seen more streaks end, you know, on Saturday nights. And, and just goofy things happen on Saturday night. But not even that could stop this Jazz team. I mean, basically from start to finish. Remarkable. You have a tennis match going on. You know, we, we like uh, the Australian Open in tennis, uh, and it's uh, Djokovic in action, the number one seed on the men's side. And he's, you know, he's struggling again. He's up uh, two sets to one. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, on serving the fourth set. Uh, and we'll see if we get some uh, poss upset possibilities like we had on Friday during our show. So with the tennis, we got auto racing, believe it or not. We have some NFL stuff to get to, NBA more. Uh, college basketball, big day yesterday. And some of the big bloods actually won some games, including the Dookie Pukies. Subject of our poll question we'll get to when we come back. Opposite picks on this Sunday morning with your truly Scott Webber. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Clarkson backs out. He's got that single coverage. The three, there it is. You keep shooting, you're going to hit it, Clarkson. He likes to fight through those screens. T. Struess just scored his fifth point. Inside, Gobert flushes home two. That's back to him. Little NBA action on this Sunday morning, Valentine's Day. The Jazz, yeah, Rudy Gobert, they they do it again. They win last night, uh, going away, uh, beat the snot basically out of the uh, Miami Heat, especially the second half. Again, start off a third quarter with a 16-0 run. Took uh, the Heat over six minutes plus to score. 
And uh, by that time, the game was basically over. So the Jazz do it again. The Nets beat last uh, beat the Warriors last night, 134-117. And I got to tell you, this is the team that people fear. This is the Nets team that, you know what, no one's beating this club in the East. They aren't. You know, in a lot of ways, they fall into the Laker-Clipper category in that, you know, the, the Bucks may think they're good. The Celtics at times may show they're pretty good. The uh, Heat may come back to last year or go back to last year's form, you know, NBA championship form or at least uh, NBA appearance form. But is anyone really beating this Nets team in a best of seven? You might get a game. You might get two games. You're not getting four games. You're not. When you get Kyrie and Harden and Durant to play the way they played last night, it's it's not happening. Now, you might not get that for four straight games with this dopey team. You know, you may get a you know an egg thrown in there somewhere along the line of clunker. You may be able to take them to five or maybe even six. But are you taking them to seven and, and winning? It, it's not happening. Yeah, Durant last night, it's amazing, though, know, with the boys in Vegas. You know, what were the two obvious plays last night, right? Uh, you would have thought, anyway. One, Kevin Durant, his over-under was 29, 28, 29 and a half. Him going back to Golden State, albeit no fans in the stands, you would think he'd be all pumped up. They're going to throw him the basketball. They're going to let him score 40. Uh, he, scored, he scores 20 points last night. Uh, on uh, 8 of 19 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3-point land. You know, uh, he was awful from uh, from deep, and that cost him. Only 20 points. He goes way under. The other one in the same game, Steph Curry. He's been on absolute fire, right? I mean, scored 40 points the other day, 30-plus is a given. His over-under was 32.5, which tells you how you know hot he's been of late. But still, you know what? With Durant coming back and everything, emotions are going to be high. They're going to go back and forth. The motto, a motto, this is going to be great. One guy's going to get 40. The next guy's going to get 45, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, no, not happening. He goes for 27. He goes under as well. So the two, that's why when we start doing this during the week, I didn't do it the, yesterday, but we're going to play the unders on these totals for these major players. You'd be surprised how many times they actually go under. It's a lot more. I tell you, if you went back, if you grabbed the average over-under number uh, with the, the boys in Vegas and then went back and, and seen how many times they went over versus under, I bet you most guys, they go under. Then when they go over, they go way over, and that inflates the line a little bit. So when they go under, you know, they they go under. You know, you have to really, you know, score a lot in order for that thing to go over. So they just do an average. They basically didn't do your scoring average. So, I mean, that's how scoring averages work, obviously. But um, it's like when they go over, they don't seem to go over by a point or two. They go over by like five, six, seven. When they go under, they, they generally go under. So last night, two wonders in a game that had 134 points with one team, 117 with another, 100, uh, 251 points, and the game went over again. The Nets are a monster machine. I tell you, you know, I, I say this all the time, don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, Jazz 17-1-1 one one now against the spread. Just keep playing them no matter what. And I, I played a little hunt. I have to say, I'm not, I don't take my own medicine. I, I thought maybe, just maybe, you know, the Jazz coming off a big emotional win against the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night, little litmus test. They would be gassed a little bit. You got the Miami Heat that's trying to get back on form, coming to town, big letdown game. Who cares? I figured the Heat might give them a game. Nah. You got to take the thinking at this point out of all this stuff. You just, you have to take the thinking out of that, and you got to take the thinking out of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, last night's total with the Nets, 
245 and a half. 245. It was a, I mean, it's hard to say, give me the over on that, right? I mean, holy fuck, 245 points. And, you know, you got to consider it's going to be regulation. That is hard to get. But that's the point with the boys in Vegas. They do. They they make it hard for you. You know, they make you think. They they make you say, well, you know, maybe it's not going to go over this game. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. Maybe there's going to be just a little someone not shooting well. Some quarter that's not going to have 75 points scored in it. Literally. I mean, think about that. you got to average about 75 points. Or, well, maybe not 75, but you got to average like 65 points a quarter. I mean, that is tough. Right, so you think maybe just maybe uh, the game will sneak under? No, nope. two hundred and fifty-one points. Amazing. The Nets are now one of the teams we follow. Overs: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve and one, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, uh, seventeen and two. Uh, 17, 18, 19, 19 and three over now. 19 and three. Wow. You just, and even at 245, and their numbers, you know, we're not talking 210 here, 215. 245 and a half last night, 235 the game before that, 229, 233, 239, 242, 245 against the Wiz that went way over. I mean, 230, 238. They've had one game. At uh, less than 230 points in their last, what, 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, one time. So you're looking at numbers at 230 or higher, and they're still going over. You talk about no defense whatsoever. Wow. But you know what? When you play like they played last night, I'm sure they're saying, especially in the East, Let's face it, the East stinks. Uh, There isn't a team worth anything in the East. You know, if you want to tell me Celtic fans as I am, the Celtics, it's not happening. This seems a game over 500. There's no more delusional fan in the world than the Boston Celtic fan in the NBA. I I mean, we keep on thinking that this team is going to emerge and it's going to be great and it's going to this and that. And they got Jason Tatum and Brown and this guy and that guy and Kemba Walker and this team stinks. For one game over 500, they're not beating the, the Brooklyn Nets. They're not. You might as well. What, what's the uh, FanDuel line right now? Let me, let me see real quickly. Um, and I want to bring up something with tennis, which is happening again. I mentioned it during Friday's show, and it is happening again. But let me just go to the NBA and get the futures in here. Player futures, team futures. All right. To win the Eastern Conference, the Nets are plus 165. It's not great. It's not great value, but... I will tell you the Lakers are only plus 110, and the Lakers got to go through the Clippers and the Utah Jazz and maybe the Denver Nuggets. And if they ever get their head out of their ass, the Dallas Mavericks. They got a tougher road. It's not many times you've said this before, but they, they have a tougher road. Well, actually, we have said this quite a bit in the East when it was with LeBron and Cleveland. But they have a much tougher road to the, uh, the, the NBA championship, and they're plus 110. The Nets have a much easier road, right? Who are they going to face? Philadelphia? Please. The Bucks, forget it. Celtics, forget it. Miami, we've seen stake. Toronto blows Indiana, Atlanta, Charlotte, nobody else. There's really, you know, maybe three teams, and you're not going to face all three. You know, you want to put the Bucks, 76ers, and Celtics into those categories, okay. But the, the threesome of the Clippers, Jazz, and Nuggets are ten times better than the threesome of the Bucks, 76ers, and Celtics. And you're still getting plus 165. 
And that that line, you know, I don't like playing futures unless I think I am getting value. Most times you don't get value. Uh, but I think that plus 165 is going to come down. It's going to come way down. So if you think like I do that they're getting there, you know, I would be all over that now because that's going to be down to like plus 110, 115 before too long. They're, they're, they're just, you know, unbelievable. And now Kyrie says uh, uh, he's uh, deferring to James Harden. His Harden's going to be the point guard. Interesting, you know, in his little talk about that with the media last night, he didn't mention Steve Nash, the head coach, at all. He just said, yeah, I went up to Harden and said, okay, you're going to be the point guard. You know, meanwhile, Steve Nash is the head coach. Where is he? Unbelievable. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-518-2535-800-518-2535-800-518-2535. That's 800-518-2535. From the city of angels to the Big Apple, shake it up with Pharrell coast to coast. Shake it up, you do that. All my friends then come around, flat to flat to With your host, up. the one and only Scott Pharrell. Coast to coast in the biggest way possible. Hang it up. Covering every sport, every league, every single weekday. And Scott's got an opinion on all Get that guy a cold beer. I mean, that, he's telling it exactly like it is. Jump on the coast to coast bandwagon with America's most engaging sports personality. Because we all love to bet on everything. Regular contributors including NFL insider Adam Kaplan, the pro football doc Dr. David Chow, NBA radio's Rick Kamla, Bleacher Report MLB insider Scott Miller, the sports professor Rick Harrow, USA Today's Bob Nightingale. Every game, every story, every injury, everything you need to know. Join the Pharrell Coast to Coast Party every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, 1 to 3 Pacific, only on SportsGrid. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Now Golden State unable to stop this lethal offensive firepower of Brooklyn. Durant. Step back, jumpers. Harden. Rifle pass inside and a foul. Jeff Green once again the beneficiary on just a gorgeous look from James Harden. Durant off the dribble. (laughs) Difficult shot from Durant with Draymond Green all over him. And Steve Kerr calls timeout. 
Yeah, ESPN last night with the call. As Golden State uh, ends up uh, getting blown out by uh, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Who, uh, the Warriors, by the way, uh, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. The Warriors had a uh, video tribute for, for Kevin Durant. You know, two things on that. One, no one's in the arena. You know, I mean, I know the video tribute is, you know, for the player, but, you know, part of it is for him to see and the fans to react and standing ovation, you know, welcome him back and blah, 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 blah. Even though he has not played, but they have come back. You know, he just didn't play last year. So, but, you know, part of that video tribute is, you know, the fans getting involved and stuff. So they're giving him a video tribute, but there's nobody in the stands. I mean, you talk about a little weird and I don't know if I'd be giving Kevin Durant a video tribute. I, I mean, the guy ran out of town on you. Now, he did try and play when he blew out his Achilles. So maybe that gives him the little edge that, okay, I, I know you left us high and dry. And I know you left us on, really, for, for the most part, bad terms. Who knows really what happened between him and Draymond Green. But I, I don't know. Three years, two titles, MVP both times. But does that... You know, constitute getting a video tribute with no fans in the stands. You know, after he left you high and dry, does it does tearing your Achilles tendon trying to play against Toronto in the NBA Finals just kind of uh, excuse some of the other things that that happened over there? Maybe I don't know. The whole thing was kind of weird, though. You know, you, you didn't have to go out of your way for him. First of all, again, nobody in the stands, so it's kind of weird. Uh, and, and then he left you high and dry. And you know, looking back, he really did have a chance to win. At Golden State, I mean, and I mean, really win. Like now, anyone who says, "All right, Kevin Durant's got two championships," they'll always say, "All right," but he went to a Golden State, which won the championship before without him. They won it without him, and uh, who knows? Maybe they'll win it again with him, right? Uh, so no one's going to take those things too too seriously. I don't care if he was the MVP Finals, but had he stayed there, and even if he, you know, he did obviously get hurt. So, but had he played this year with no Clay Thompson? And you put him on top of what Golden State has with, with Curry back, and if they had won this year, that would almost have validated what they did with their two championship seasons. You know, that you wouldn't have been able to say that. Now you look back at the Golden State career for Kevin Durant, it's just eh, no no big deal. You and I could play at Golden State and won a championship, right? You know, big deal. But had he stayed there and had they won this year, he you know, he really did have a chance, like I said, to get a third ring and, and almost validate the other two that he had won, but instead he goes to sign with the Brooklyn Nets, and then we all know what does, you know, happened with them playing, you know, decent ball, but not great, great ball. But I thought that was just kind of weird having a, a video tribute last night. And I also thought it was weird for Kyrie Irving after the game to say that James Harden's the point guard of the club. You know, no, no Steve Nash, no reference to Steve Nash. No, I sat down with Steve and we discussed it, and we, we thought that Harden would be best running the point, not me. You know, not, not even a, a, a word about Steve Nash, the head coach there. I mean, what a joke! You talk about the uh, animals running the asylum. That that is it in Brooklyn. I, I mean, that said, is that going to get him a championship? Maybe. You know, yeah. It, it's funny. Even in trying to make amends with everyone, and and really, you know, doing the right thing. By deferring, if you will, to Harden, saying, all right, you know what? Uh, it was supposed to be me and Durant. We traded for you. I was going to be the point. Kevin was going to be this guy. And, and now we got a third wheel. And he's doing the right thing and deferring. I'm not going to get into a hassle with you, James. It's your team. You run the point. You know, So he's doing the right thing. But even in the process of doing the right thing, 
he comes across like a bozo by not even mentioning the head coach. And I guess the bird brains that were talking to him after the game didn't like say, well, what did Steve Nash think about all this? You know, did he have any say at all? You know, does the head coach have any say whatsoever? Amazing. You know, the, the match just ended. But I'll, I'll just bring it up just the same here for a second because it came up Friday as well. Australian Open, uh, Djokovic won in, in three, uh, four sets over uh, Milish. And during the, the, uh, the final set, Fandu, you can bet on anything and everywhere, uh, right? So not only can you bet on who's going to win the match, not only are you going to bet on how, you know, how he's going to win uh, and how many sets, not only can you bet on who's going to win the set, uh, not only can you bet on who's going to win the game, you can bet on who's going to win every single point, right? So Nadal's coming up later on today, and I'm sure the numbers are going to be the same with him. But when um, Joker Federer was, was serving, to bet on that particular point, you were laying three and a half to one, and more importantly, you were getting two and a half to one if you were going to be betting on uh, uh, Ronich. So I said this on Friday when we were watching this stuff in the morning, and I'll, and I'll say it again. That's not bad. You know, if you bet on the underdog, in this case, Mills, and he just wins one point, you're, you're basically breaking even. As long as he doesn't get blitzed four straight points, you know, in essence, for nothing or you know, uh, love. As long as he doesn't lose that uh, game at love, it, it, worst case scenario, you're going to lose 50 bucks, right? If it's 4-1, you win the 250, you lose the other three bets, you, right, you lose $50 based on a $100 bet. But, you know, it, to me, it's worth risking $50 to win. You know, if he wins two points, now now, now you're winning $250. You lost only twice. Now you're winning 350 bucks. you know, again, based on a $100 bet, which I know you should be betting $100, but just to make it simple here. You know, you're you're winning two and a half to one. And this was a close match. This wasn't a blowout. I mean, he went four sets. One of the sets that he lost was, uh, you know, seven, six in a tiebreaker. So he was playing well. He was gaining points on uh, Joker's serve. I mean, boy, I really like that a lot. If you have the wherewithal to sit down on a match and watch it, if you would have just bet uh, Rodich religiously every single point, I guarantee you that you would have won. Uh, that that really gives you a halfway decent opportunity. It really does. Uh, I don't say this too often because it doesn't happen too often. I don't know what this means. And I am willing to say it right now. And again, I don't need to say it too often because, uh, let's face it, I'm, I'm a genius. I am. Well, it is what it is, right? But I don't know. I'm looking at the Daytona 500, right? A bunch of left-handed turns. It goes off at 2.30 today. I get who's going to win. Hamlin seven to one to favorite. Uh, Blaney and uh, Elliott are next in line at ten to one with Logano, and then you get the Bush at twelve to one. Kozlowski twelve to one. Who's going to win? I have no freaking idea. I, I will say this: you know, Bowman, Alan Bowman is your poll sitter, and he's eighteen to one, which goes to show what is the point of doing a poll? You know, if the poll sitter, who's you know obviously a pretty good driver, is your one four seven. All right, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. If he's your 13th choice, what is the point of having a poll? That's like giving uh, you know Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a 14 nothing lead and then saying, well, that's all right, you're going to lose anyway. No, no, well, wait a minute. You're giving me a head start. You're giving me first place. You're giving me the lead, and I'm still only the you know 13th best choice on the board? Really? 
What's the point then? Well, you know, why go through the risk of crashing your car or all the other stuff if it really doesn't matter? Why not just, I said this on Friday, I really, and I believe this, I think it would add drama, I think it would add excitement, it would add a little twist. I just put the names in a hat and then draw it out of the hat. Hour before race time, here you go. Here are the drivers that are going to be in the race, we're going to draw your names out of a hat. And whoever, uh, you know, gets drawn first, you sit in the first hole. Whoever draws second, second hole, and so on down the line with the 40 drivers. I think it's 40, 39 or 40. Um, I think that would add a lot of fun to it. I really do. Because, obviously, it, it's meaningless whether you're sitting on the pole or sitting in last place. It does not matter. So, But that I all get. What I don't get, NASCAR geeks, is there's two ways to bet this race right now on uh, FanDuel. And I'm, I'm hoping, guessing that there'll be more, because we're doing in-game live later on this afternoon, me and Joe Lisi from uh, 12 to 4. And I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be able to bet who's going to be leading after each lap, uh, after so many miles, I, I would think. But we'll see. But um, they have who's going to right now win the Daytona 500. And they also have podium finish. Uh, I got to tell you, I have no idea what podium finish is. My guess would be finishing in the top three. Is that the podium? You know, like like in the Olympics, you know, gold, silver, bronze, medal. But why wouldn't they just say finish in the top three? Like in golf, they have you're going to finish in the top five or top ten or top fifteen or top twenty. Bet. Uh, do they reference it as a podium finish? Is it like tennis, where instead of it being one, two, or three to one, four to one, it's got to be 30, 15, 40, you know, 15, and they got goofy names for the obvious? Is, is that it, the NASCAR geeks? Is that what the podium finish is? Because they, it goes not necessarily, though, in line. Like Denny Hamlin, seven to one, so he's the favorite for the podium finish. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Blaney and Elliott are 10 to one, to win it all, yet the podium finish, Elliott is three to one, Blaney's plus three fifty to one, and Logano's plus three fifty to one. Why would uh, Elliott be three to one? So I, I'm guessing that means finishing the top three, but I don't know. I I, I could be hundred percent wrong. There may be something where they had the podium. I mean, I have no idea. Someone's gonna rush the podium. Is that what we're doing? It's like a streaker in the NFL. Which oh by the way, the streaker in the NFL story got a new twist yesterday. We'll talk about that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, CBS Sports during the Super Bowl, you know, it's amazing. They can be so glib about it, but then uh, CBS comes across as high and mighty when they don't show him. Now, uh, I suppose they could say that, uh, well, they weren't sure what he was going to end up doing, and he ended up pulling his pants down a little bit. You know, it wouldn't have been the end of the world in today's day, you know, for for something like that. But, you know, it is kind of funny how they were, you know, uh, being glib about it. But then, you know, you want to show it to everyone else, the enjoyment you're getting, though. So have you seen this story, though? 
It, it, it is getting more and more interesting, I, I must say. So this moat decides to run on the field during the Super Bowl, right? We all know a third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever it was, second half. So no big deal. You see that happen from time to time. Um, I, I question why they released him when, when they said he was going to be posted on bail, 500 bucks. And, like, what kind of deterrent is that? You know, throw the guy in jail for a month and a half and, and show him every single day sitting in jail, sitting next to Bubba and Jethro and wondering what's going on at night, right? I mean, that, that would stop people from running on the football field, uh, seeing that every single day on TV. But instead, no, they, they released him on $500 bond, big stinking deal. No harm, no foul. So anyway, then word leaked late last week that he actually bet uh, at, at a, a site or a facility. And that's the key. We're not sure which. But he bet at seven and a half to one odds on someone running on the field during the Super Bowl. Supposedly, he bet $50,000 on it. So he's going to cash in over $350,000 on something that he basically created, right? ingenious really it really is you know remarkable now right away when when someone emailed me the story i said i don't know about this because why well first of all you can put anything on the internet and you can claim anything but most shops put limits on how much you can bet on goofy props like this you know on uh you know the national anthem uh the coin toss uh, you know, color of Gatorade on the coach, you know, halftime songs in what order, all that goofy stuff. Generally, you have about a $500 limit. You know, you know, there might be some sites that go 1000 uh, There might even be sites 2000 3000 But no site is taking $50,000 on that. No freaking way. Why? Because they know that, you know, someone could find out what color Gatorade's in a container or... You know, they can fix it. I mean, let's face it. You know, you think those schmucks that are, uh, you know, running the Gatorade at the Super Bowl, you think they're making a gazillion dollars? They're probably making three thirty-five an hour. You know, if they tell their buddy, listen, I'm going to fill every one of these Gatorades with uh, purple Gatorade. You, you go get the bet down. We're, we're in. We're like Flint. I'm going to make sure it's on me on both sides. Or I got the playlist here of the, of the songs for the halftime show. I know what song's coming first, you know. So... They want to offer these bets because people like it, but they don't want to put themselves, meaning these shops, in a position to get really crushed. So you generally have a five hundred, maybe a thousand dollar max, right? So when I saw he put fifty thousand dollars on it, I'm like, no, not not happening. Then you saw it was over supposedly in Australia. At least that's where the story came from. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what they do over there. Maybe who knows? But I still have my doubts. I really do. Who's flying to Australia? putting $50,000 on a game and then flying back to the United States and all happen to have a ticket for the game, right? So anyway, as it turns out, he goes, uh, he does an interview with uh, front office sports, I think it was, or TMZ or Tampa radio station, actually. He says that he got his friends to place the bets. And it wasn't just one friend, it was a bunch of friends, and it was across a bunch of different gambling accounts on Bovada. Which, oh, by the way, is illegal. You know, if you want to be technical, you know, uh, those sites are all illegal, whether it's uh, that or any of the other offshore sites. Those are technically illegal. So I don't know if he'd be so quick to really uh, be claiming that. But that was his excuse for being able to put $50,000 down. I still have my doubts. I, I really do. You know, but okay. So maybe he did. But then he opens up his mouth about it. And now Bovada gets involved. And now they're trying to figure out if the thing was manipulated, as it obviously was. And they're trying to figure out whose accounts bet this thing to occur. 
and if it was tied in with this guy at all, and if so, you, you didn't get your money. So lesson number one, Bovada and some of these other sites, this is why you don't do things like this. This is, you know, as, as goofy as it is, and as much as fans like to bet on stuff like this, this is why you don't offer those idiotic bets. And he originally, the guy, told a radio station that he flew to Vegas and put the bets in. Well, that, that story went up like smoke because Vegas doesn't offer this stuff. You know, they're, they're legit Vegas. You know, Bovada will offer, you know, what, how many times the guy's going to blow his nose during the game. But all these off-field stuffs, Vegas is not allowed to offer that. So that story went out the window. That's why I even further doubt. But, you know, maybe he bet it through the site. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But ultimately, it sounds like the site's not going to pay anybody off. So this guy screwed it for everybody. And they're going to refund the people that voted no, uh, that no streaker would go, go on the field. I would never do that. Who's going to lay, what, 10 to 1? I don't know what it was. To, to If it was 7 to 1 that it says yes, and with the big, I'm betting it was at least 10 to 1 on the no. Who's dumb enough to do that? Who knows who's capable of doing what on the football field? Um, so, anyway, instead of keeping his mouth shut, you know, maybe walking away with 350000 uh, he ends up with nothing. Now, maybe this is his 15 minutes of fame. Maybe he's going to be on, uh, you know, Letterman. Uh, well, Letterman's done, but you know what I mean. Uh, maybe he's going to use, I'm not sure which is getting more publicity. They're 15 minutes of fame. Uh, this guy or the Gorilla Glue Girl? I mean, which which one? They're, they're both for doing stupid things. It is amazing in our world this, this day. You, you do something dopey, man. You get put on the front page. And the, the Gorilla Glue Girl, man, she's been on the New York Post every day now for the last week. It's, it's just amazing. This guy as well. So, But that's the latest. Supposedly he spread his money around, but he opened his big mouth about it, and now they're looking into it, and now he's not going to get any cash whatsoever. So there you go. Our poll question for today, as we segue uh, back to college basketball, or at least to college basketball, Michigan State lost yesterday. Worst home loss in Tom Izzo's Michigan State coaching career, which spans 20-plus years. They got walloped by Iowa, in which Luca Garza, by the way, only scored eight points. How'd you like to have an over-under on Garza, which is generally around 23, 24 or so? You know, bet the over. Know that they walloped Michigan State, handed them their worst home loss basically ever, uh, at least under Izzo, and he doesn't even come close to going over. He gets a lousy eight points. But that said, Michigan State falls to 4-8 in the Big Ten. 10-8 overall, but 4-8 in conference play. So our poll question on this uh, Sunday morning, most surprising college basketball's powers fall from grace. Michigan State, 8-8 Dookie Pukies, 6-13 Kentucky, which did win yesterday, and so did Duke. But still, Kentucky's 6-13. Wow. Uh, Or the proverbial other. So right now, Kentucky's leading it. Uh, I posted it just a short while ago. So uh, go to Opposite Picks, your Twitter feed, and uh, get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times uh, before we are through. So Kentucky, 65%. Dookie Pukies, just under 29%. Michigan State, just under 6 And uh, so far, nobody with other. But again, we just uh, posted it not that long ago. Yeah, college basketball yesterday. Michigan State gets walloped. Uh, Duke does win. Nice little win again for the Dukey Pukies on the road. Number one, Gonzaga, you know, blew out San Francisco by 39. Mark Few, I don't know too many people at the water cooler would guess this, but he gets his 22nd straight season of 20 wins. You know, you'd say Duke, you know, and Krzyzewski's up there. You might say North Carolina. Bill Self is up there. You know, maybe Villanova. 
uh, with Jay Wright, back to his Hofstra days. I don't know that many people would have guessed Mark Few in that category. 20 straight wins, or 22 straight seasons of 20 wins uh, for Mark Few uh, with the with the Zags. Creighton beat uh, Villanova, handing, uh, speaking of uh, Jay Wright, the, their worst top five loss since 2016. Nice win by Creighton. Uh, how about Virginia manhandling North Carolina, holding them to 48 points? I'm telling you, this Virginia team, they've had a lot of publicity. You know, two years ago, win the championship. Three years ago, four or five years ago, you know, they kind of fell off the radar this year, got off to a slow start, but they've been an under machine. They are in midseason form. Gave that out yesterday to our guys. Got to keep on playing the unders with this uh, with with Virginia. They are just stifling teams. Forty eight points for North Carolina. Forty eight. Wow. Let me go to the, the, the ledger and just see what uh, Virginia is because I I know it's like seven or eight or so in a row. Um, you know, at beginning of the season, not not the case. They were struggling. They were losing. They were giving up a ton of points. Bunch of young kids had to replace a lot of guys. But uh, complete different story here. Second, to, uh, let's see, uh, complete different story. Second to half of this season. Um, yeah, it's gonna take me a little while to find it. There's 50 zillion scores from uh, from yesterday. Any kind of luck, I could pop into it real quickly here. But it's like seven or eight in a row. Uh, eight out of ten. You know, nine out of ten. Something along uh, those lines. Uh, keep you know, no matter what it is. And it was 129 yesterday. Now that's not that big a number, but for a Virginia game. Even against North Carolina, it actually is. You know that that anything over 125 on a Virginia game, you got to play the under. It's tempting, I know. It's North Carolina. Here we go. It's North Carolina. You think how's that going to go? You know, not uh, 130 points for a North Carolina game, but not with this team. So yeah, you got to keep on playing. Yeah, no, actually, only five in a row. I'm, I'm a surprise. I thought it was a lot more than that, but they, you know, they're in their midseason form. Keep playing the unders the rest of it. They they went through a rash of overs. But uh, more importantly for them, they've won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 11 out of 12. 11 out of 12. And, uh, and most of those combinations of the uh, favorite and the under, uh, which is a bad. So uh, Florida State beat Wake Forest 23rd straight home. Here's another water cooler fact. Uh, Florida State beats Wake Forest 23rd straight home ACC win. That's the second longest streak. I would have thought Duke. North Carolina, you know, you think about some of the good, uh, you know, ACC teams, Syracuse, right? You know, that 23 for Florida State, the second longest ever. Oklahoma beat West Virginia, 91-90 double overtime. Second win against West Virginia. The Sooners, think about this. The Sooners are 4-0 against Kansas, West Virginia, and Texas combined. They're tied with Ohio State with five wins over top 15 teams. Could they, you know, all the talk about the Oklahoma football, you know, coming some close, uh, you know, final fours. Can they do what the football team can't do and win a national championship? That would be something. Lon Kruger. Uh, they're a good team. They're an up and down team. Dangerous team. You don't want to face them, obviously, come NCAA tournament time. And Michigan State, again, loses 88-58 to 58 at home. 30-point defeat, the largest at home since 1975. That's 40 years. 41, to be exact, right? 41 years when they got blown out by Indiana, 107-55. 40-plus years. Wow. Um, you know, I'll answer my own poll question. Um, I'll deal with Kentucky. I'll deal with the Dookie Pukies. 
Uh, but I think Michigan State, believe it or not, just because they, you know, Kentucky and Duke rely on the one and doneers, you don't get them, you're in trouble. Michigan State doesn't. They're a model of consistency. The fact that they stink this year might be, to me, the most surprising out of all the teams, really. All right, we'll close the bower number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's an Ops of Picks Sunday morning. Here's Julie Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do every Sunday, Monday through Friday. It's a 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time. You know, a little golf action here. Uh, Jordan Spieth has the lead at the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He uh, had another eagle yesterday from 165 yards out, second one this tournament. <clears throat> you know what I'm amazed with as, as a weekend hacker? You know what I'm really amazed with with these guys that can hold out? And, and, you know, in the case of Spieth, it was 165, and then he had one earlier uh, in the round, uh, excuse me, in the uh, tournament, I think on Thursday. Um, Yeah, Thursday. And I think that was around 165 as well. I'm not amazed at the shot. I'm not amazed at the reaction. I'm not amazed at the ability to hit the ball from 165 yards. Now, think about that. Put that into perspective. It doesn't sound like a lot because these guys can drive it, you know, 300 yards. But that's a football field and a half. That's over a football field and a half. Think about standing at one end of the uh, the stadium, uh, going all the way across the stadium, and then putting another, you know, field uh, on top of that and going basically three-quarters of the way on that side of the field. So the difficulty of shooting is obvious, right? What I'm really amazed with is the ability to see the ball go in the hole. See the ball like just like Caddyshack, right? No, I, I'm, but I'm serious. When I'm on the fairway, I'm even 165 yards out. Now, I can see the ball land on the green. That I can see. But if you told me the ball, my, my shot went in the hole or went in the creek and ricocheted, I, I, would not, I can't see that far. I'm really amazed at these guys' ability to see 150, 200 yard, 250 out. I mean, it is really, that puts it all into perspective. Their eyesight is phenomenal. I mean, I have no idea when I shoot where my ball is. I know it's an area, and I pray I'm going to run into it when I go look for it. The fact that these guys can see it actually going to the hole from, uh, from almost 200 yards out, that's amazing. 